Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Welcome back to Movie Mike's Movie Podcast, where all I'm trying to do on this podcast is be your movie guy. That's what we do every single week, just talking about movies. And today is International Women's Day, so we are celebrating badass women in film. And I'm joined by my co-host and fiance, Kelsey, how are you? I'm great. You ready to get into this topic today? I am. So let's just get into it. Here we go. In a world where everyone and their mother has a podcast, one man stands to infiltrate the ears of listeners like never before in a movie podcast. A man with so much movie knowledge, he's basically like a walking IMDb with glasses. From the Nashville Podcast Network, this is Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. So what I want to talk about first is the question I put out all over Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you don't follow me there, it's just at Mike Distro. Simply enough. What is your favorite movie with a strong female lead? Kelsey, I want to go to you first for your pick. Aaron Brockovich. And I think across the board, this was like the number one response I got. So what is it about this movie that makes it one of your favorites? Well, like we said, she's a badass. Okay. Um, she's just great. I think I relate to as well, like that she's a single mom. Uh, my mom was a single mom for a while and went back to finish school while she had me. And I think just watching um, in this movie, Aaron just raise her kids and also end up winning this huge environmental lawsuit. Um, She just is really powerful. So was it that you saw kind of your story play out in a movie for the very first time? I think so. That's, I mean, I can only imagine that. And I think about it now that does kind of echo a lot of your childhood and how you grew up. Did you kind of identify with the kids in this movie? I did. Um, And I just think she was doing her best. Like she showed she could be, a single mom and provide for her kids, but also have a career and make a name for herself. And I think I also just love the story too. And I think maybe like being a public health major, I think yeah, that's I totally reflected in that too. Watching uh, this movie again <laughs> last night and seeing you kind of like, oh, that's my stuff right there. Like that was kind of cool to see that. I was like, is this what started my love of that? Like, is this is what Aaron it Brockovich was? Responsible for my career path? Maybe. Is this also one of your mom's favorite movies? It is for that same reason. I mean, I think that's the great thing about this movie is it kind of shows how 
she just was like owning it. Like she's going to go out and do what she wants to do and provide for her family. And she really has no like filter on her. And she's just like her from the way that she dresses, from the way that she approaches situations. She's going to do it. She's going to get it done. And I think that's amazing. And it's like Julia Roberts, top of her game. I think it also tackles to the idea that like women are kind of expected to balance like motherhood and a career. Yeah. And I don't think balance is ever possible. Like I think there are times when one is pulling you in that direction more so than the other, but like her kids knew that she loved them, but there were times when her job required her to go. Yeah. Be away from them. I I think the part that was kind of like gripping to me was how little she had in her bank account at one point and how she was still trying to go out and just find a way to earn money and just seeing like simple things at the house. Like that's, that's a tough thing to go through. What was that like for you growing up? With a single mom. I mean, we, I look back and I'm like, I probably never knew like how hard my mom had to work to finish school and be a mom and do her job. Like I, looking back, I realize I'm so lucky that my mom, she just provided always. And she was always there to pick me up from school. She always read to me at night. And then now, like, even as I'm in grad school and we don't have kids, like I can barely function some days to like be it's, an adult. It's that's crazy to think about. I know you bring it up from time to time of like at this point in your mom's life, she had already had you and been going through school and all that stuff. Like, and we have trouble remembering to, I don't know, set an appointment on our calendars to get something done, but to have another human being you have to take care of. Like it's a big thing. It is. And it's crazy to see go back and, your mom going to school and taking care of you. Yeah, my mom's a badass. So, mom, if you're listening this week, I love you. <laughs> so, I think that's why it was everybody's number one that they sent in. It's just seeing somebody like that accomplish something so great. And again, this movie's been out for over 20 years, so it's fine to spoil it. It's also based on a true story. But at the very end, gets that $2 million paycheck and is like, just that feeling that she had in the movie, you're like, holy crap, that's amazing. Yeah. It's also just a crazy true story. I won't go down that rabbit hole, but it's wild. Yeah. I couldn't believe this was a true story. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good one. I think if there's one movie you're going to watch right now to go see somebody as a strong female lead, you got to go watch this one. So I think that's why it was everybody's favorite. For me, now, I kind of realized later in life how important it is to see yourself represented in a movie. And I am Mexican-American, so that's kind of where I come from, of like wanting to see somebody look like me. But I also get that I was a young boy, and I could always see some kind of cool male figure in a movie. That was always just normal to me, from superheroes to action movies. Like, I was always represented in that way. But the first time I really kind of was older and kind of started to realize, like, man, like, Young girls don't have a whole lot of people in movies that they can just look up to and see somebody badass. And it was when The Hunger Games came out that I kind of got it a little bit. And I love The Hunger Games. I read all the books and watched all the movies. And it was seeing Jennifer Lawrence's Katniss Everdeen that was like, holy crap, Like this is somebody inspiring who's a strong kind of presence and also just somebody that a, like a young girl could look at and be like, oh, that's somebody cool in an action movie being the biggest role in this movie like not just a side character not somebody who needs to be rescued not somebody playing by the roles of somebody else in the movie it was her being awesome and i think that was always cool for me to see and finally kind of get it like oh like i know i haven't seen myself in certain roles but like 
I mean, that's a whole like like girls not being able to see somebody like them. So I really like the Hunger Games, and I think that's an important whole franchise to go and dive into. And I think that's probably why it's one of my favorites. You like the Hunger Games? Love the Hunger Games. Now, are you a enjoy the book more than the movie type person? I feel like that's usually the norm. Like you get more out of the books. Yes, I am typically, I would say in big franchises like Harry Potter, Hunger Games, just, you get more detail, you get more backstory, you feel like you don't just get the like highlights, like you get kind of all of the in between. Yeah, I think that was the first time I felt like I didn't get enough in the movies. Like the first one felt so quick. And I felt there's so much detail in this book. Like the thing they actually don't kind of pick apart and showcase in the movies is the actual hunger in the Hunger Games of how like frail she actually was in the books and how hard she had to fight just to get something to eat. I think that was kind of not really the theme in the movie at all when it's called the Hunger Games. That was the only thing I kind of wanted to see more. But everything else later down in the franchise, I think was done pretty well. So I really like those movies. Also on the list, I wanted to include Harley Quinn. Now, I always get torn up for <laughs> liking any DC movie, but I find they're pretty enjoyable. I know they're not the best movies, and people like to rag on them because they're not Marvel, and they're not... I guess they're a little bit more cheesy, and overall the storylines aren't the best. But I really enjoy the Harley Quinn movie, and... I think it's so cool that how kind of different a character Harley Quinn is, how great Margot Robbie is at portraying her, and how just badass she is. Like, that's what I like about that movie. Like, she is so kind of twisted and different, and she plays that part so well that I think she kind of is better than any other of those DC, like, movies. Like, on her own, I think she could carry an entire franchise on that, and I'm upset that that movie didn't do as well as I was hoping. And it kind of, I don't know if it kind of takes away from what they're also, they're doing in the DC universe, but I just think it's a great movie and I would defend it for as long as I need to. Cause I think it's great. That's the last movie I saw in theaters. It was the last movie over a year ago. Yep. We saw it at Alamo draft house. Oh, Alamo draft house. Don't get me started on them. I'm pretty sad about that. If you don't know Alamo draft house, it's, a place where you can go watch a movie, eat dinner, one of those type of places based in Austin, Texas. They have locations. They have them everywhere, but they're, that's where they're... Yes. Yeah, that's where they're based in, and they just filed for bankruptcy. Yes, but they're not closing all of their locations. They're not. They closed, like, the main one. Well, we're... I lived in Austin, Texas for seven years. You're from there, so we have a deep connection to Austin. We actually have a lot of listeners in Austin, Texas, and I think that's why it was so hard to see. They were filing for bankruptcy. They did close one downtown on 6th street so that's did and i love that location it only has two screens so it's very small but they do a lot of their like interactive movies there yeah so i've been to like an elf quote along probably seven times there and then in college my best friend and i would go to what they call like sing-alongs we paid like 20 dollars a ticket to go watch like rihanna music videos and sing along with a bunch of other people that is very fun that is a great thing about alamo is they have experiences which i think is really what's going to make movie theaters later down the line still be a thing to make them more interactive, make them an event. It's not just going to watch a movie. It's going to watch a movie in a different way. And it's so fun. Like you just get to go like, I guess now, like I miss the, like being around other people. Yeah. They had a bridesmaids quote along one time. I got shushed at that one. Of, I, I Why knew. would you get shushed at a quote along? Cause I knew every word. 
Oh, you do know every single word of that movie. My best friend and I knew every word, and I think people got a little annoyed. But it it's was, a quote along. It was a quote along. I was just quoting along. That's what you're supposed to do. It's like going to karaoke and getting mad at somebody for singing all the time. Yeah, we got shushed. That's rude. I know. Also on the list, I put Moana. Solid choice. And I love the. It took me a minute to like that movie. I think I find myself taking a minute to get into musicals. And it's hard to get into because when everybody just kind of bursts into song, it takes a little bit away from the experience to me. But after I watched it like a second time, I was like, oh, wait, this movie is great. And I get it now. And I think it took Disney a minute to kind of come around to having strong female leads that aren't just princesses. That I was going to say, we finally got away from the damsel in distress. Yeah. I think Frozen kind of broke the barrier on that a lot. But I just think Moana took it kind of a step further and just made it a totally different movie. It really almost doesn't even feel like a Disney movie at times. So I think that's a great one, too. Another one I put on my list was Kill Bill, Quentin Tarantino with Uma Thurman. A really full-on action movie with a lot of violence with a female lead just kicking ass. Another one I put on there was Wonder Woman. Again, defending a, the DC universe. I was going to say you're going to get some pushback for that one. I felt like the first one was universally loved. It was when I actually liked Wonder Woman 84 that everybody was like, this is a terrible movie. And there was nothing bad I could really find about that movie. Even looking back and thinking of that movie, I stand by my review. We'll go over now to some of the ones that you listening sent in. I think uh, aside from Aaron Brockovich, number two was Captain Marvel. A great one. A great one. Also Mulan, the original one. Uh, I would recommend that one over the remake. And then one I found interesting that a lot of people sent in was from Star Wars. They sent in Princess Leia and Rey. While they're not the full-on lead in those movies, I think they're really important presence in those movies. Well, Rey is the lead in the new Star Wars movies, and I loved her in those movies. And I think she made... Those Star Wars movies really have a breath of fresh air and be something completely different and made me interested in watching those movies. And then Princess Leia, like an iconic character. And without her, I think those movies wouldn't have been the same. So I would agree with those. Along those same lines, a bunch of people sent in Hermione from Harry Potter. Yes. How do you feel about that? Love that one. Would you say she's your favorite in those movies? Oh, yeah. She's so smart. I love her. She's just great. Did you also feel like you were Hermione in class? Maybe a little bit. Wow. Mm. Are we starting to get some parallels here? Is this my therapy session? <laughs> what? Because you, like her, what, studied a lot? Yeah. Knew all the answers to all the questions? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're starting to find some of the reasons here by, behind some of your favorite characters. <laughs> all right. So we'll take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about some badass female directors. All right. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have a, one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. All right, I have five female directors and their best movie that you should go check out. Starting first with number five, I went with Sofia Coppola, who she is also an actress. You may have seen her in The Godfather Part 3, but she's also a really great director, and she did a movie last year called On the Rocks with Bill Murray and Rashida Jones, a movie I just really loved. It's a kind of a slow-paced comedy, but stylistically checked all the boxes to what I like in a comedy. So I think you should go check that movie out. It's on Apple Plus. And then also before that, she did Lost in Translation, another Bill Murray movie. So that's kind of her thing. So go check her out. Maybe he's just not interested in me anymore. Impossible. A woman's at her most beautiful between the ages of 35 and 39. Great. So I have many months left. At number four, I put Olivia Wilde. And you should go watch Booksmart. Great movie. Second that one. I mean, it's funny, and it's also telling the story of young women in a way I really haven't seen done before, and I think that's why I liked it so much. It's kind of like a female super bad placed in the last five years, so I think that's why it did so well, and Olivia Wilde is also doing some really great things. She's doing another movie now called Don't Worry Darling, which is how she's kind of with Harry Styles now. He's in that movie. And then she's also working on a secret Marvel project movie. In the works, they haven't said anything else other than she's attached to it. But I think Olivia Wilde, probably in the next five years, will just be like a really established, badass director. So go check out Booksmart and then go make plans to see her new movies. We haven't done anything. We haven't broken any rules. Okay, we've broken a lot of rules. 
One. We have fake IDs. Fake college IDs so we can get into their 24-hour library. Name one person whose life was so much better because they broke a couple of rules. Picasso. Yes, he broke art rules. Name a person who broke a real rule. Rosa Parks. Name another Susan one. Susan B. Anthony. Damn it. At number three, I have Alma Harrell, which she did Honey Boy. A really great movie, and I think she's a really great director. I really liked the way that movie was done stylistically, had some really heart-wrenching moments, thought she did a great job. Recommend that one. Think it through. Play the tape out. What's your mother got a job for? Huh? I don't In case know. you fail. In case it don't no. work out. Yes, man. She's filling your head full of fear. I don't ever do that, do I? I'm your cheerleader, honey boy. You trust me? Yeah. Okay. At number two, I have Chloe Jowell, who just did No Man Land, which I reviewed on the podcast last week. She also has an upcoming movie with the Marvel Universe, The Eternals, which will be out soon, hopefully. And she also just made history. She was the first ever Asian woman and the only second woman in history to win a Golden Globes for Best Director for No Man Land. I think this movie is going to win a lot more awards. So if you haven't seen it yet, I would go watch it now. Definitely a Best Picture contender. Oh, he's going to come right through the glass. My dad used to say, what's remembered lives. I maybe spent too much of my life just remembering. And then at number one, I put Greta Gerwig. Her best movie, I would say, is Lady Bird. She also did Little Women. And she's only 37 years old. Like, that's crazy to me to feel like there's somebody, like, only eight years or so older than me, like, already making these badass movies. And I'm going to say badass so much in this episode, but that's just how I feel. My name is Lady Bird. Uh, well, actually, it's not, and it's ridiculous. Call me Lady Bird like Christine. you said you would. Just, you should just go to City College. You know, with your work ethic, just go to City College and then to jail and then back to City College. And then maybe you'd learn to pull yourself up and not expect everybody to do everything. All right. And speaking of female directors, we're going to get into a movie review of a movie directed by Amy Poehler. So we're going to be talking about the movie Moxie. Just came out on Netflix. Before we get into our spoiler-free review, here's just a little bit of Moxie. Whoever wrote Moxie is a badass. You know what's messed up? I got sent home for wearing a tank top. Meanwhile, Jason is constantly shirtless. People refuse to call me by my new name. I don't like being voted best ass. It says to draw hearts and stars on your hands to show support. That's hot. I would love to know who started Moxie. And who will they go after next? This seems like a women's issue, and I'm going to stay out of it. If you're doing nothing, then you're part of the problem. Noticing someone filming right now, and uh, I have to go to the bathroom so bad. So what this movie is about, it's basically a fed-up, shy 16-year-old who's kind of tired of the toxic environment of her high school, right? The way the girls get treated differently over the boys. And she goes and kind of dives into her mom's past and kind of finds this old kind of rebellious thing that she went through and takes that and creates like her own kind of fanzine of just kind of what her mom did back in the day, played by Amy Poehler. And now she kind of does that and does it anonymously. So what did you think about this movie? I thought it was good. I'm not going to say I thought it was great. Okay. It kept my attention. It was entertaining. I thought the plot line was good. I think they just tried to cram too much into an hour and 50 minutes. I did feel, I felt like the movie didn't have time to breathe. Yes. And I think her character development goes really kind of quick from being this shy 16 year old to all of a, all of a sudden kind of being the anonymous head of this kind of feminist movement, like really quick. Yeah. And I get that as being just for me being a shy person in high school, 
Like, it would take a lot for me to kind of go from that level to that level she did in the movie. But I get it. They got to move at a fast pace. I just thought that was kind of quick. And when you're trying to get to know her as the shy teenager, it kind of has a quick turn. But how did you feel about the subject matter of this movie? Because I think that's what I saw a lot of people online just kind of relating to. Yeah, I thought it was really relatable. Like, I think one of the things they touched on was, like, dress codes for girls in high school, which I feel like every girl will remember. Like, any high school was, like, your shorts have to be longer than your fingertips when your arms are down by your side or your tank tops need to be three finger widths wide. Yeah. I I think, I mean, in the movie, I won't ruin anything about it, but there is one scene in particular where a girl gets called out for what she's wearing and it's because it's showing her shoulders. And there's another girl in the exact same classroom wearing pretty much the exact same thing as her, but she's not getting called out for it. I think that was a great example of like the double standard of not just of how it's different for guys in high school and the things you as women have to face, you know, just by the way you dress. So you felt kind of relatable to that? Yeah, I thought every like every girl will watch it and just be like, oh yeah, I remember like making sure everything was like appropriate for the dress code. I Yeah, I think that's why this is a movie that younger girls are going to watch and kind of feel like, hey, this is something that's going on in my high school right now. I think for me, it's I'm, it's weird for me to start to like watch high school movies now to know how different high school is in 2021 than it was when I was in high school and how at the same time, things are the same, but they're also so much different. And watching this movie, it made me realize like how big an impact that social media has now. Because when I was in high school, it was still fairly, like I was still on MySpace. Facebook was later when I was in college. So to see the effects it has on them, like when there's a list that gets sent out. And just to know how, like, how much social media now affects my brain, seeing that every day, seeing negative comments as an adult. I can only imagine how that is as a teenager now. So I think that's a whole other side of this movie. But I did feel it was a little rushed. Um, I felt like it could have been maybe, I don't want to ever say that a movie could have been longer, but I just felt they could have spent more time in certain parts of the movie and other parts just kind of like quickly. All right, there we go. And even we won't give away the ending, but there's something else that kind of gets tacked on. Yeah, that was weird. I will say too, that I didn't like the, I didn't like Marsha Gay Harden's character as the principal. Mm -hmm. I just thought that like in the age of like the, me too movement and like the women's movements of the past few years like just her character it didn't she sucked (laughs) yeah (laughs) there's just certain aspects of this movie that don't line up with everything and i get they're trying to create that friction between the kids and the school and authority so i get why they did that but there's certain parts just it's frustrating to watch it's hard to watch the way her character behaved like you would have expected that more from like a male character honestly yeah is what i was thinking i think the only thing i kind of wanted a little bit more was it wasn't as funny as I thought it was going to be. Direct, being directed by Amy Poehler, who is in a lot of funny movies, I just thought it was going to have a little bit more humor to it to kind of balance out the seriousness that it does take on. I felt if it would have had a little bit more of that, it would have kind of balanced out the movie a little more and maybe kind of gave some, I don't know, lightness in certain parts. So I think that's all I wanted more out of it. What about you? I would agree. Yeah. It wasn't like LOL funny. Yeah. 
funny. There were some funny right, parts. There were funny parts. It just it's not a comedy. Yeah, not a comedy. So what would you rate it? Three and a half out of five tank tops. Yeah, I would give it three out of five zines. I think just a little more of like the funny. I think I would have liked to see. And then maybe just a little bit more character development is what I was looking for. But I think the movie has a great message. Yeah. It makes me want to go draw hearts and stars on my hand today. (laughs) So that is what we think about Moxie. I think we have another movie review to do. We actually just watched Minari. And it's a movie I've been waiting to watch for a while now. And it finally came out on demand. You will have to pay 20 bucks right now to watch it. But it's from A24, which is from one of my favorite movie studios. And I really like this movie. It's about a Korean family moving to pretty much nowhere in Arkansas, like slightly outside of Little Rock. And they're living in a trailer on this land. And the dad is just trying to build a farm and provide for his family. And it's a really simple story of just kind of a family trying to live the American dream. And I think I kind of saw a lot of my life a little bit in this movie. First of all, when they first pull up to the trailer, I was like, that's kind of what I lived in as a kid. Like to see a house on wheels just reminded me of my trailer park days. And I would say in this movie, the trailer is even a little bit nicer than the one we lived in. And I just kind of like seeing that represented of somebody kind of going out, coming from nothing and really just trying to make it in this world, which I think is why I kind of like this movie a lot. And to see their dad kind of just struggle with the idea of wanting to do the right thing and just being kind of consumed with his work with the idea of just having enough to provide for his family kind of reminded me of my dad. And seeing them go from their, you know, Korean culture to assimilate to American culture was a lot of the struggles that we had. My parents came here from Mexico. They didn't speak English when they came here. So it was very tough for them to kind of break in and... It was kind of those early trailer park days where we learned a lot of this. And from seeing the kids in this movie, you know, it's based in the 80s, which is when, you know, my older brothers were, my brother and sister were young. So a lot of this kind of felt like a little bit of my story and my family story in there. And overall, I just thought it was a really good movie. There's nothing really over the top or spectacular about it. I think it's just such a simple story about a family trying to make it what make this movie kind of great what do you think about it i thought it was really good there's no yeah there's no like profound moments i don't feel like yeah but it's it's the way the story is told it's really well done yeah it's cohesive you don't really feel bored it's just a very simple story but well done yeah and i think sometimes that's a hard movie to recommend because i like to you know when i recommend a movie to somebody sometimes they think like oh it's going to be It's going to blow me away if somebody's telling me to watch this. But I think it's just a simple movie and you're going to take something away later that it's worth the watch. You're not going to go into this and think like, oh, this is the best movie I've ever seen. But I think it's an important movie to watch and it has so much kind of Oscar buzz around it. It's getting a lot of nominations for other things. So I think it's worth the watch. And the kid in it is adorable. The kid is so cute. Like I think that was my favorite part of the movie. The kid David, which you learn about in the movie, his medical problems and he's just so cute in it. And he was so adorable. And he's funny, too. Yeah, I think that's the other thing is that while it is kind of a family drama, there's also some, it's like subtle comedy. It's not like full on like somebody slipping on a banana peel, but it just has like some funny moments that kind of remind me of like my family, too. So I would give it a solid 
four out of five bottles of Mountain Dew. I would give it four out of five chickens. Oh, four out of five chicken. Oh, that's a whole other part of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's a whole thing in that. So, it's yeah. A wild career I never knew existed. Yeah, it's a it's a good movie. So, I would suggest going to watch that one. Let's get into some movie news now. I wanted to talk about Paramount+. Plus, and I subscribed for it mainly so I could watch the new SpongeBob movie, which I did. And which was about what I was expecting. I have just loved Spongebob since I was a kid. And I remember seeing the trailer for this. It was supposed to come out in theaters last year. Been delayed. Came out in Canada. And now it just kind of rolled out on Paramount+. Plus. So after about having this service for less than five days, I would say it's not there for movies yet. It's really great if you like CBS, MTV, Comedy Central TV shows. I don't think it's quite there for movies yet because later like movies like a quiet place Two will be on this streaming service. So I think I kind of got in early. So I already have it when those movies come out. I'm not trying to sign up later. The only bad part about Paramount plus the way they're doing movies is it's not at the same time in theaters that they're on the same time on the streaming service. It's like 45 days later. So it will be nice to have them on there, but I really don't see them having a lot of original movie content yet but i'm there i'll be there when they are and speaking of movies coming out in theaters fast and furious 9 has been delayed again by a month it was supposed to come out on memorial day and now it's coming out on june 25th which is my birthday your 30th birthday (laughs) this is my 30th birthday and i was supposed to get the new batman movie on my birthday but now that's delayed now i get get fast and furious 9 here's a great consolation prize also, a fact check on that on last week's episode on the ending song to Fast and the Furious. I said it was on six and it's actually on seven. So those movies kind of start to blend together to me. So I apologize for that. They're basically the same movie. <laughs> I don't know what happens in like any of them. I, I mean, mean, I've seen a few, but I couldn't tell you the different plot lines. I really couldn't. I know there's Too Fast, Too Furious. Yes. And there's one in Tokyo. Tokyo Drift. There we go. That's all I got. I kind of blur the lines from four to six. Those all kind of get confusing. And now that they're on nine, I couldn't tell you what happened in the last two. They're basically the same movie every time. It's just Fast Cars and Vin Diesel. Yeah. There you go. There's my synopsis. (laughs) That's every movie. So apologize for getting the number wrong. But that is the correction here. Also got to do the listener shout out of the week. You can get this simply by sending me a DM on Instagram, a tweet at Mike Distro, or over on my Facebook page. Just facebook.com slash Mike Distro. And then I always have the email open, moviemikeD at gmail.com. And this one comes to us from at Music Nut Matt. He said, interview with Lou Diamond Phillips was excellent. Great job. Towed the line between fanboy questions and true journalistic stuff. Enjoyed every second of it. Appreciate that. All the love on the Lou Diamond Phillips interview, which was amazing to get. Like when he came on the phone... I instantly got a little bit nervous just because hearing his voice and I was like, oh crap. So I'm glad that everybody enjoyed that interview. If you missed that, just go back one episode. We got into La Bamba. We talked about Stand and Deliver. So if you want to go learn about him, go check out that episode. All right. That's going to do it for us for this week. Anything else you want to say, Kelsey? I don't think so. All right. Well, we'll talk to you next Monday here on Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. And until then, later.
Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't sister. know we were going to go there on this. <laughs> People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in exactly. to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, right. which is different than empathy. Yeah. Right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.